0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by m Bank, your partner in Possible.
1: What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? This is an Update, and it's Friday, which means we are going to be joined by Pro Football focuses. Trevor Sykema, who's going to help us break down Chiefs and Cardinals on Sunday with his key three matchups to watch. Is it Patrick Mahomes versus a lightened pass rush because of injuries to both Marcus Golden and J.J. Watt? Is it simply trying to contain Kyler Murray, the elusive quarterback down in Arizona who had a very, very good offseason financially uh, with a little bit of drama on the side? So we'll get Trevor's thoughts on all of this and the matchup on Sunday right after this word from DraftKings. Kansas, the wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. In get up seven, you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet call 1-800-522-4700. Must be 21 physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at draftkings.com slash Kansas. On behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. All right, we've got Trevor Sykema here. And Trevor, the first thing I got to ask, and we ask everybody because uh, they're our partner at DraftKings. I want to know everybody's thoughts on the lines. And earlier in the week, Chiefs were favored by four and a half points. That line has moved to six and the over under has gone from 53 and a half to 54 obviously i i believe a lot of that money obviously is going on the chiefs to win but also on this being a high scoring affair when you hear those two numbers with the chiefs favored by six and the over under at 54 what's your initial reaction
2: yeah i would have really liked getting the chiefs um in the early line <laughs> I, I really would have of, of course because the line moved in the opposite direction so that was a lot more juicy six and a half points is, is so many points in the nfl but Dude, how many times over the last couple of years, over the Patrick Mahomes era, had they just obliterated lines whenever Vegas has tried to <laughs> make it seem like uh, it's a fair fight when uh, when the other team's getting points? I'd still be taking the Chiefs. I really would. I'm less less confident of it now because it's we're getting closer to that touchdown total, that magic number there. But I'd still be taking the Chiefs to cover this one. I really would, uh, despite it going almost all the way up to seven points. And then for the over-under, man, 54 and a half. that's a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably settle with the under on this one because uh, I feel as though the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. I'm not sure how confident I am that the Cardinals are going to as well. I don't know if last year's good start right out of the gate means they're going to start really good out of the gate this year, especially without DeAndre Hopkins. So I'd probably go a yeah. little bit on the under on this one.
1: Yeah, that's... I never like taking the under in anything because I want points. I just then then I'm excited (laughs) anytime something big happens and you're always hoping like, hey, something big's about to happen. Whereas every time the ball goes deep in the air, it's like, please don't like, please don't do
2: anything cool. Like, please don't do anything. Yeah, you know what? Uh, You're right. You never want to root against (laughs) cool things in football. So why not smash the over for week one? Why not just do it?
1: Yeah, that's it. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And obviously, you lose to if you have J- don't have J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden. You're gonna give Patrick Mahomes more time. That's a recipe for disaster. Especially if teams are gonna sit back and cover two, and they're gonna do a lot of things across the middle and do some of their um, their route combinations to kind of free those guys up. I'm really excited to see how they use Juju in that in that manner. But um, let's get your thoughts. What's a, the first key matchup that you're excited to watch in this game on Sunday?
2: So you mentioned it right there with with wide receivers. I I could just start with that point. It's what this new look wide receiver group with the Kansas City Chiefs is going to, the kind of success that they're going to have against the Arizona Cardinals defense. Because you figure, okay, you figure that Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of attention. He's going to be the focal point. No Tyree kill there. Uh, You're going to lean on that familiarity. Kelsey's one of the best in the game at what he does, of course. But for this specific matchup, the Arizona Cardinals have some guys that, they're going to be comfortable, I think, putting up against Travis Kelsey, as comfortable mm-hmm. as you could be, I guess I will say, in Buda yeah. Baker. And then they're also moving their linebacker, hybrid defender, Isaiah Simmons, more towards <laughs> that star role. They talked about that a lot, that hybrid between being a slot defender and an on-ball, or an off-ball He's a
1: Kansas City kid. We're familiar with Isaiah Simmons in this area because he grew up in Kansas City.
2: You guys know him very well, and (laughs) his his skill set is just so unique. And I think over the last couple of years, uh, Vance Joseph has been really trying to figure out the best way to do that. Okay, can you play him the way that Brent Venables did when you were at Clemson? Does it have to look a little bit more structured? And it seems like they're going to more of a hybrid fluid role, so they have those two defenders that can go up against Travis Kelsey depending on where he is. Time of the game, down and distance, what the rest of the defensive structure looks like, all that. But the rest of the guys, they got Trayvon Mullen, but he's a new face. Byron Murphy, okay, I like Byron Murphy, but it seems like they like him more as a slot guy than they trust him as an outside corner. Marco Wilson, I'm a Florida Gator. I watch Marco Wilson. I think he's a talented kid, but he's still not there yet. Didn't really grade very well uh, last year for us at Pro Football Focus. So I read that Patrick Mahomes talked about how it's an opportunity every single week for a new guy to step up. And I am Mm -hmm. very much looking forward to seeing who that guy is this week outside of Kelsey, because I think this week in particular, it's going to open that door. Which receiver is it going to be for the Kansas City Chiefs? That's a huge matchup to me, because I think it's an area where they can really exploit this team, because Arizona's best defenders are going to go towards Kelsey. It's a juicy matchup for these wide receivers to start pretty well out of the gate, even with it being a new look team.
1: It's something we've been talking about this week, and a lot of it was because the the fantasy football drafts are all happening. Everybody's going through it. That you look at where Juju Smith Schuster is ranked on a lot of these reports, and it it blows my mind just because you everybody kind of assumes Patrick Mahomes is going to throw forty five hundred, maybe five thousand yards. Like he's going to throw for a lot of yards, he have a lot of seasons. Travis Kelsey may he can get fifteen hundred. Like that's going to be a lot. There's thirty five, three thousand to thirty five hundred yards left that somebody's going to get, and Juju has been that guy. And so you just assume that Juju is going to have at least a thousand yards and under Andy Reid, they have never had 3000 yard receivers, including our pass catchers, including Travis Kelsey. So the converse, the fun conversation locally is, is it going to be McCole Hardman? Is he going to step up in a bigger role? Is it going to be Marquez Valdez, Scantling or Sky Moore kind of coming out of nowhere? There's three guys that you could convince me at the end of the year ended up with a thousand yards because they kind of separated himself from those other two guys. But we don't know who those guys are yet because we haven't seen it happen on the field. And it's going to be a fun matchup to see him go up against Arizona because they do have some talent um, on the back end that Booter Baker. I mean, at least at one point was the highest pay. If he's not now, it was the highest paid safety in the league as a guy that can run around and make plays. And I remember loving him coming out of the draft out of Washington, but yeah, um, what's another matchup that you're looking forward to watching? Because um, I think, what the Chiefs do offensively in the pass game is going to be the one that determines what the final score is, uh, to be honest. Um, But what else are you looking for on Sunday?
2: You know, I think going back to the over-under conversation, I said that I'm not really afraid of the Chiefs putting up a lot of points. I have worry of whether or not the Cardinals can keep up. And so my second key Mm -hmm. point is really being able to contain Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a unique offensive weapon in this league with what he can do with both his arm and his leg he's a super talented quarterback but there are tendencies with kyler that i think that you can exploit that might make him uncomfortable everybody talks about hey containing him to to the pocket don't let him Mm. in the outside he's really dangerous when he gets space every team in the nfl wants to do that so that's kind of an (laughs) obvious you would love to do that with kyler murray it's kind of about your From four guys really stepping up and your linebackers being able to spy and just doing what they can to contain him. When you contain him, if you achieve that first goal, I think it's going to be interesting the kind of coverage that you play against Murray, because Murray really doesn't like attacking over the middle. You know, for as much Mm -hmm. as they have so many wide receivers that they play, believe the Cardinals led the NFL in 10 personnel with four wide receivers on the field last year. It might've been the last couple of years. They love to spread it out. But it's often stuff to the sideline. It's go routes, it's curls, it's hitches, it's screens. You know, it's, it's, it's things like that where there's just not a lot of attacking over the middle. And I've got to think with as much as Cliff Kingsbury, their head coach offense coordinator, talks with Kyler Murray, I got to think that's a preference thing. It's not just that Cliff's not putting those plays in the playbook. He would if Kyler liked them. So I think that their offense likes to go more towards the sideline than anything else. So a key point that I'm looking at, forward to here in this matchup is what are the chiefs going to do to take that knowledge and really try to make Kyler Murray uncomfortable. We're living in a world yeah. where chiefs fans know this. You're playing a lot of too high coverages, right? That's what you're going to see a lot of in the NFL because you don't want these quarterbacks <laughs> to be able to beat you deep. So I think that too high coverages actually plays really well to this because you leave the middle of the field open, maybe attempt yeah. Kyler a little bit by playing too high, at the beginning of the game, and then if he happens to attack down the middle, then you can start disguising things a little bit, start rotating safeties post-snap, getting into some of those robber zones, those rat zone coverages where you are looking one way pre-snap, and then once the ball is snapped, you've got somebody rotating down, a linebacker dropping into it, whatever, and all of a sudden you make him really uncomfortable to attack the middle of the field. So it's almost like you can bait him with some early game success over the middle. And then yeah. adjust to it to really capitalize on it if the game goes on like that. So that's another key matchup I had there.
1: I was going to make a short joke and just say he got to go across the middle because he can't see over the line.
2: Well, he you can't, know, can't see what's going on. You know, that is <laughs> that is unfortunately a factor for uh, as Ky- <laughs> as talented as Kyler Murray is. He is only as tall as God made him. So that is that is a factor.
1: Another factor in that, just across the middle, um, not to be lazy analysis, but Zach Ertz uh, being injured, not practicing over the first couple of, of days. That would be obviously somebody that they'd want to, if they were going across the middle, to take advantage of and the success that he's had. But you've got some other guys. I'm looking at their depth chart. I mean, Max Williams, another yep. guy that's had some success in this league. Uh, Trey McBride, the guy coming out of the draft, that there was a lot of draft analysts who really liked what he was able to bring to the table. So um, it's an interesting nugget that you brought up as far as the four wide receivers and being able to split guys out. No Rondell Moore left practice on thursday with an injury as well so so really banged up arizona team for a week one matchup that um i think it's nice as a the the maturation um at least for myself individually as a chiefs fan where five ten years ago it's talking about these key guys being injured for other teams and it's like yes like we needed that like we need that. and now it's just like bring your best like we're we want (laughs) to pretend we don't pretend we want to call ourselves you know along with what buffalo did last night uh one of the best teams in the afc that's fighting for it like you want to play against teams best you don't have right. to root for these things to happen or be excited when these things happen because it's gonna give you some sort of an advantage but um all right trevor what's your third key matchup and I appreciate everybody out there who's watching this please go ahead and like and subscribe to this video if you're watching it on youtube and if you're listening to the podcast and you like the content please leave us a five-star review And uh, let some people know that uh, you like the content. It helps us reach more people. It helps us do more cool things here at KC Sports Network. But Trevor Sykema of Pro Football Focus, what is your third key matchup? for the Chiefs game on Sunday against the Cardinals.
2: Well, I hinted about it there, uh, kind of about the Kyler Murray segment, is what you want to do is you want to be able to control the line of scrimmage up front. That's a duh, right, Mm -hmm. because that's what football is all about. (laughs) But it is really important because this is a Chiefs team. I know Chiefs fans out there know this, that didn't rack up a ton of sacks last year. And everybody keeps pointing to the sacks like, hey, they were uh, bottom third of the NFL in sacks last year. I believe it was 31 was their total. But when you look at their total pressures, they're top 10 in the NFL had 310 pressures over the regular season last year, according to our database of pro football focus. And so when I saw that, I'm like, man, okay, they've got that recipe there. They just got to get home. They got to get quicker. They've got to be able to finish those. And if you are, we saw what the Buffalo Bills were able to do to the Los Angeles Rams. Buffalo Bills Mm -hmm. absolutely wreaked havoc against the Rams. And the thing is, it didn't blitz didn't blitz at all. They didn't need to. Mm-hmm. So they're sending four at the pocket and they're pressuring Matthew Stafford and making things uncomfortable. now Of course, Kyler Murray is a different quarterback than Matthew Stafford, right? But we're going to live in this world. It seems like this is where we're going in the NFL where you've got to be able to get home with only four guys. And if you do, that's yeah. of course more guys that you can deploy in coverage. You can play two high shells a lot more. You can make it so quarterbacks really can't take the top off of the defense. And so all of those things work in unison with each other and i think this is going to be a really good statement for the chiefs that they can come out and really turn some of those pressures into sacks early on love the addition of george Carloft this was a big fan of him um, coming out of purdue in the draft he was one of my favorite guys he was a top 15 player for me so i love that addition there obviously you've got guys uh, like frank clark and and like uh like chris jones as well so there's there's plenty of players names that could get it done it's just a matter of them getting out there and doing it and it's tough against kyler but that's a key point to me if you can get pressure with your four against this cardinals team you're gonna start to make life really difficult for them with everything that you can do on the back end of coverage
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: Yeah, they're going to face elusive quarterbacks. We've talked about it before. To win three games in the playoffs against good teams, you're going to face a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray type. Um, They're going to be athletic quarterbacks. You have to figure out how to bring down. And uh, Chiefs. you brought up two points that are kind of shell-shocked still for Chiefs fans. Uh, One, being able – got all the pressures, but you can't bring anybody down. That was defensively a huge storyline for the Chiefs' loss against the Bengals in the AFC title game that it felt like Chris Jones was right there to call one player out individually. Um, He's been so good and so dominant dominant at times. Um, but that was a game which they really struggled to finish a lot of those plays and then getting pressure with four. I mean, the best example that chiefs fans have is what happened in the super bowl. Granted, they were missing a few of their offensive linemen against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers were getting a lot of pressure with four guys. And when you have the horses, they do on the second level at the linebackers to run and cover sideline to sideline. There weren't a lot of screen game. There wasn't a lot that Andy Reid could do to kind of combat what they were doing on that side. But um to me, the key defensively up front, I think you bring up a great point. I've personally brought up George Karloftis as projecting him to break the rookie's franchise sack record for the Chiefs, which was set by Derek Thomas back in 1989.
2: What was it? 10, What's the number? 10? Ten sacks. Okay, all right. Cool.
1: I'm, I'm thinking 10 and, a half. and the reason I think there's going to be a handful of games that. where he absolutely just cleans house at the end. And the, the reason why, and I'm biased on this, because I've had so many conversations over the years with guys like Tamba Ali, when I was working for the Chiefs about what's the single most important pass trait that a pass rusher needs at the NFL. And he's like, you got to be relentless because most of these sacks nowadays aren't coming on. you just beating a guy around the edge or a speed move or some cool counter like Euro step type. Like it's not that simple anymore. Most of these sacks are – Quarterback steps up in the pocket because one of your teammates got a pressure and you get off a block, kind of chase him down. It's your third, fourth move or your third, fourth kind of effort play to bring down the quarterback. And that's exactly what George Karloftis is about when you watch him play. All of yeah. his plays are like that. And the fact that he spent this offseason, you know, George Karloftis gets the credit. But Bobby Stroop has already created two kings in Kansas City with Bobby Witt Jr. Plays short uh, third base with Kansas City Royals get a 2020 guy and be one of the best young baseball players in the country or in the major league baseball. And then Patrick Mahomes, both those guys as prep athletes growing up in Texas, trained with Bobby Stroop who spent the offseason working with George Karloftis. So if you see him as somebody mm-hmm. who liked him coming out of the draft, what we've seen from him in the preseason, there were a handful of plays where he turned and that COD in space, he had been, it was obvious that he had been working on it this offseason to become a more fluid athlete. And you combine that with all of the other things had me projecting him. And I'm not that guy to project these big things, but I've kind of planted my flag at this point. And I see him getting at least 10 sacks this season.
2: There are very few Von Miller type rushers like we saw on Thursday night mm-hmm. where these guys can somehow get past offensive linemen without even really touching them, right? That is a rarity. What you see more often is a lot of these guys, yes, of course, they're talented in a lot of different ways, but it is that relentlessness. It is, okay, the first move didn't work. Now I got a counter, and I got to do it just as fast as the first move because I got to get into the backfield. I got to get to the quarterback. The time to throw is getting a little bit high here. So that is something that I absolutely loved about George Karloftis when he was at Purdue is that he was the only guy on that defensive line for the Boilermakers that was a threat. They double teamed him. Hell, they triple teamed him. And sometimes he would truly make the most out of all of those double and triple team blocks. He would demand that both those guys were paying full attention. Not just a little chip and then you go somewhere else. If you left him one-on-one, he was going to absolutely destroy you because of his effort, because of his strength. And uh, it is something I think is going to translate to the NFL level. So very, very excited to see him. Glad to hear that the coaching has been great too because that is often the least talked about. And most important, X factor of some of these really good draft picks becoming what we believe their potential can be. And I'd love to hear that from George Koloff this. All
1: right, and I got a question for you because I've used the stat and I just referenced Tom Bali and I was just looking it up right here. Can you walk us through at Pro Football Focus? You guys have a a stat called the Pass Rush Productivity Percentage. Can you kind of walk us through? And I know that in looking at it, anywhere between – like 12 and 16% puts you in the top echelon of the league. And I want to say it's something that has to do with like hurries plus pressures divided by like number of snaps played, because I think it will help me illustrate the point that I've been trying to make and try to articulate uh, in a, in an impactful way to kind of contextualize some of these stats and put some kind of um, perspective behind Uh, what those are. Can you kind of just talk a little bit about that particular stat and what that percentage means? Because where I'm going with this, Trevor, is we talk about baseball being a game of failure and that if you fail seven times out of ten, you're going to the Hall of Fame. Whereas as a pass rusher, you fail 85% of the time, you're the best. You're TJ Watt. You're the best in the league at getting after the quarterback. So can you just walk us through what that stat is? Because it was one of the ones I always looked at. I knew that there was some sort of formula there. Uh, But I think it really plays into what we're talking about here.
2: Yeah, so the pass rush productivity stat, and I've got the formula up here now because I knew that I'd, I'd forget the order of what it is. It's basically, it is a way to measure efficiency. It's a way to say like, okay, again, what we try to do at Pro Football Focus is put everything into context. It's not just those sacks, right? It's not just the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, Oh, they didn't get a lot of sacks last year. That means their defensive line is terrible. No, it doesn't mean their defensive line is terrible. They're generating all of these pressures. They have a high passers productivity rate. Now, do you want to get the guy down on the ground and the play? Of course you do, but it also yeah. tells you how close you might be. So passers productivity, yeah. it takes into account sacks. You multiply hits by a uh, half percentage. You divide those in half and then you add all hurries. You do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you divide those in half and you add that to the sack total and the half hits total and then you divide all of that totally by the play count. So it basically is a way for you to measure efficiency. How much were you disrupting the pocket on a play-by-play basis? It's an, efficient, it's an efficiency metric that tries to give you a little bit more context beyond just saying, okay, they got the yeah. quarterback on the ground. Their, their defensive line is bad. So it's one of a couple of formulas that we have here to judge that pass rush production. And uh, it's one that I love to use because, again, it talks about how close you might be to actually be in that difference-making team that's really getting the quarterback on on the ground while he's got the ball in his hand.
1: Yeah. And I just look at it, a bit, the percentage of snaps that they're trying to get after the quarterback and the percentage that they're actually successful and what really good looks like just tells you that being relentless and not give like the, the failure rate and being able to line up again and get after it again and get after it again, being the single most important trait. So when we talk about a guy like George Carl that's the first thing that everybody talks about him. It fits into what the league is about right now and what, uh, and what's successful at this league. And that's good stuff, uh, Trevor, and obviously great stuff uh, from all the folks over at Pro Football Focus and what you guys are doing. Uh, Can you let people know before we end this episode where they can find your work and uh, what you're working on now?
2: Sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I'd love to promote is we got a daily show that we're doing on PFF's YouTube. Myself and Mike Renner, we're doing it every single day, Monday through Friday of this NFL season uh, at 11 a.m. So come hang out with us. We'll be talking about the biggest storylines of the season. I am sure with how good the Chiefs are as a team and where they're <laughs> going to be in the end that we're going to talk about the Chiefs plenty. So come hang out with us. We're having a good time. It's uh, it's called It's Just Football because we're talking <laughs> just football. perfect.
1: Perfect. I love it. I'm sure that the game last night between the Rams and the Bills will be one to talk about. I know there are Chiefs fans probably sitting there like, most of them are like me. It was like, I expected the Bills to be good. So I'm not terribly surprised. I'm surprised the Rams didn't put up more of a fight Uh, That wasn't a little bit more competitive, but uh, the bills look every bit as good as uh, everybody expected them to be. So it's going to be a fun race in the AFC and in the AFC West division, but the chiefs get it kicked off on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. And that is Trevor Sycamore from pro football focus, man. We appreciate you for joining us. Thanks everybody for tuning in knows a lot of good places you can go and get Chiefs content and news. We appreciate being one of those stops that you have. So for everybody at KC Sports Network, thanks for tuning in. We'll have plenty more content to get ready for the game on Sunday. Make sure you subscribe and like and follow us on all of our platforms. We appreciate
0: your support. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one.